up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Tuesday, May 12. Here's what you missed while you were still trying to figure out what the hell Quibi is. Gear up for a long one. House Democrats dropped another relief package on us today with plans to vote on Friday no matter what. The reason I say that is because apparently they might not even have the full Democratic support on this one, as some of the more progressives say that it just doesn't do enough. But it's sitting at $2 trillion, and it's the fifth relief package, so it sure does a lot. Nancy Pelosi said, quote, some would be disappointed by what was left out of the bill. Pelosi said she and her committee chairs had initially assembled $4 trillion worth of policy proposals, but we're forced to winnow it down during final drafting. Everything is big and we can't do everything in this bill, Pelosi said on the call. Democrats have signaled that more legislation would follow, such as a recovery package with major infrastructure investments, end quote. So what exactly can we find in this new Heroes Act? Well, like I said previously, it's worth $2 trillion. It breaks down like this, according to Politico. $875 billion in cash for state and local governments. What Democrats Democratic leaders say is the centerpiece of this fifth package. It also includes $20 billion for tribal nations and U.S. territories. The legislation also includes a slew of liberal priorities left out of previous bills, including $75 billion for mortgage relief and $100 billion in assistance for renters, $25 billion for the U.S. Postal Service, and $3.6 billion to shore up elections. The bill goes even further than previous bills in other ways, too. It would also include another round of $1,200 checks for adults making up to $75,000. Under this bill, kids would receive the same credit amount instead of $500. It would make $10 billion available to small businesses that still haven't received money from the PPP. It also includes policy changes sought long before the pandemic, such as restoring the ability to deduct state and local taxes, which had been capped in the GOP tax bill in 2017. Another provision would allow cannabis business expanded access to bank accounts and loans. The package also includes a bipartisan bill related to the collection of hate crimes and data. Republicans dismissed the bill even before the text was public, calling it a Democratic wish list that would go nowhere in the GOP-controlled Senate. It's unlikely Congress passes another relief package before June due to Republican resistance, despite Pelosi's efforts to get her bill to the House floor by the end of this week, end quote. So definitely quite a bit there to digest. Republicans think what we currently have is working. They probably need to listen to yesterday's chapter on the market and what that actually means. And what exactly is mortgage relief and assistance for renters? Is that relief for landlords? And how many can that $175 billion actually cover? Democrats definitely want more, but are willing to at least get this to the Senate. Eh, we'll have to wait and see if anything comes of this. So, the U.S. is trying to reopen up for business. Trump is proudly shouting how many tests we've done compared to the rest of the tiny countries in the world that are also testing, but ignoring how many people are still dying daily. But on to the reopening process, right? I mean, let's look at South Korea. They're definitely not us. Smaller country, fewer big cities, but they reported their first case of the vid only one day before the U.S. did. They immediately went right into aggressive testing, 
contact tracing and quarantining efforts. They've been here before, right? And it seemed to work. As of May 11th, the country with about 50 million people has had almost 11,000 confirmed infections and just over 250 deaths. Compare that with roughly 1.3 million cases and more than 80,000 deaths in the U.S., home to 330 million. Things were rocking. No new cases for almost two weeks. They had a national election. And last week, they dropped restrictive measures. There were guidelines like keeping sick individuals at home, maintain six feet of distance, wash your hands for at least 30 seconds, and keeping homes well ventilated and clean. The elderly were still encouraged to stay inside or, at a minimum, avoid heavily crowded spaces. But there goes that attitude thing again. You start cracking open the door and human nature kicks in and we just think it's back to normal. Check out this story from Vox. The weekend before last, A 29-year-old South Korean man visited five nightclubs in Seoul, where he partied with around 7,200 other people. Five days later, he tested positive for COVID-19, becoming the country's first local infection in four days. According to South Korean health officials, nearly 80 new COVID-19 cases have been linked to that one man's outing in the neighborhood. And on Monday, officials announced 35 new confirmed infections, the highest total in about a a month of which 29 may have originated from just those five nightclubs. As a result, Seoul Mayor Park Won Soon on Saturday ordered all bars and clubs indefinitely closed. Carelessness can lead to an explosion in infections, he said. This means South Korea one of the world's top examples for how to combat the coronavirus may soon become the poster child for the dangers of reopening a country too soon. As soon as you let your foot off the brake, cases of this highly contagious coronavirus will take off, even in countries like South Korea, Dr. Dina Grayson, a physician and pandemics expert, said, end quote. Which is probably why you'll hear today that Dr. Fauci and other health experts were at Capitol Hill testifying. From the New York Times, a day after President Trump declared we have met the moment and we have prevailed that experts warned of dire consequences if states did not proceed with caution in reopening we are not out of the woods yet said dr robert redfield the director of the cdc but we are more prepared if we do not respond in an adequate way when the fall comes given that it is without a doubt that there will be infections that will be in the community then we run the risk of having a resurgence dr fauci said i would hope that by that time in the fall that we would have more than enough tests to respond adequately but if we don't there will be problems end quote so i guess it goes back to what i and cuomo said yesterday don't be dumb bloomberg dropped a food delivery bomb on us today apparently uber is trying to buy out grubhub and for new yorkers that also includes seamless from the verge the offer is said to be an all stock takeover that would see grubhub currently valued at four and a half billion dollars absorbed into uber's larger operation uber operates its own food delivery service uber eats which is a rival of grubhub an october 2019 report had uber eats with roughly 20 percent of the delivery app market while Grubhub had 30%. Both fell behind DoorDash, which controls 35% of the market and is the fastest growing of the three. Buying Grubhub could catapult Uber from third place to first and give the company a huge advantage over DoorDash and other services. That Uber would want to invest more into its meal delivery offerings isn't a surprise. The company has taken a tremendous hit in the past few months due to a steep decline in customers for its ride-sharing business caused by the pandemic. Uber saw record losses of $2.9 billion 
last quarter, led by an 80% decline in ride-sharing customers. And that wasn't even in the April quarter. Uber Eats was one of the only positive parts of Uber's business. Absorbing one of its largest competitors would help resolve those issues, removing a major source of competition for Uber while expanding its scale and ability to offer service in more places. Buying Grubhub would mark the latest effort by Uber to expand its operations beyond ride-sharing, end quote. Well, that would be something, wouldn't it? Deal could be closed as soon as this month in that all-stock takeover. Grubhub stock jumped almost 40% on the news. On the tech front, security researchers have discovered a vulnerability in Thunderbolt ports on PCs. That would be a port that's on your computer used for high-speed data transfer and other things like video out. This new exploit, called ThunderSpy, could allow attackers to bypass system defenses and access the contents of a locked computer's drive in minutes on Windows and Linux. Any PC made before 2019 is vulnerable. Now keep in mind, you do need physical access to the computer. They call this an evil maid attack. As in, if a maid went into your hotel room and had five minutes of access to your PC, they could theoretically physically access the Thunderbolt port, connect to that computer, bypass all the restrictions, even if the drive was encrypted, and clone the whole thing. You'd still have to be a pretty high-value target for something like that. I mean, it'd probably cost a couple hundred bucks for the equipment that you'd need, or maybe have a seriously jealous ex. But it would work. If you're a Mac user, be careful if you're using Bootcamp for Windows or Linux as you would be opening yourself up to the attack. But if you leave it asleep on the Mac side or use a virtualization program to access Windows, there would be much less risk of vulnerability since Mac OS uses things like device whitelisting, IOMMU virtualization, and kernel direct access memory protections. Check the link if you have more questions about your specific computer. Well, I consider this some super dope news that was made by your boy Lin-Manuel Miranda on Twitter today. Hamilton, the award-winning hip-hop-inspired musical which broke all kinds of Broadway records, was secretly filmed live back when the original cast was still performing. They actually recorded it three times. Disney has the exclusive rights to this film. They paid like 75 milli for it. And they were going to release it in theaters next September 2021. But you know, it's a crisis out here. And they just happen to have this direct-to-consumer subscription service with tons of other musicals that happen to be animated. And I think they have the audience for this. And so today we found out that the exclusive to Disney Plus Hamilton will be streaming starting July 3rd just in time to celebrate the founding fathers and the day of independence in the u.s i mean it's currently impossible to see a live version of the show broadway still shut down and announced today that they're going to remain closed until at least september for now and shoot even when you could see it live tickets went anywhere from like 450 up to a couple thousand dollars per seat and that was like six months in advance i mean you could also be a lucky lottery winner and get front row seats for only a hamilton 10 bucks. Full disclosure, that's what happened to me two years ago, and I will never forget the experience. So, how long until July 3rd? Two months. Well, my beautiful people, those are my top five news stories of the day. 
What one additional thing that I found out today, not a whole story, but I, I can't believe that for the first time in Princeton's 274 year history, they had their first black valedictorian. Are you kidding me? Over 200 years, they've never had a black person as the valedictorian? That's just crazy. And dude's not even American. He's from Montreal. What the heck? That just seems odd. Anyways, hope you guys are having a good day. I am super busy with work, but I'll always make sure to get this show out to you guys if I can, and hopefully on time. Again, appreciate the support. Keep the love coming. Check out all the links in the show notes. We'll talk more tomorrow. And as always, remember to stay focused, proud, and dedicated. I got you with the news.